Welcome to the Ransom Tart Podcast. I'm John Eldridge, and uh, in the studio today, <laughs> if this is a studio, um, with Craig McConnell. Some of you uh, who follow Craig's blog on our website or um, who have been to uh, our live conferences are aware that last year Craig was diagnosed with leukemia. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is the first time we've had an opportunity to mention that to our podcast listeners. Yeah, yeah. And I hate to just do it like that because it feels like we just dropped a, an atom bomb Um because we've been walking with this now for almost a year. It was mm-hmm. last May. Right. And you were on your way to Switzerland to do a conference when you're yeah. white. He texts me a message and says, hey, got the results from your routine blood work, physical back in Houston. We may have a problem. Give me a call. Yeah. Oh. This is as I was in between flights. Yeah, you're in LAX trying yeah. to get an international flight to Zurich. Yeah. And – uh <laughs> Come to find out that it was your white blood, blood cell cells count that yes. was through the roof, and right. and then subsequent tests, and yeah, found out I have leukemia. Um, obviously, friends have huge news and uh-huh. something we've been living with for a while, but I wanted to make you aware of. And um, Craig's blogs on this have been great. Uh, you can find those on our website. And Craig, um, where were you? Yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, once you're diagnosed with cancer, as as I've been with leukemia, um, one of the things that becomes a part of your life are these regular uh, little appointments with your oncologist. And then prior to that appointment, you go in and get your blood taken. They do or some kind of testing. And for me, they do blood work and, and kind of get a scan of what's going on inside my body and and, the, you know, where I'm at with this whole cancer thing. So I, uh, it, you know, I've had different experiences going to the cancer center and uh, sitting in the waiting room. Um, and yesterday was, gosh, it was just one of those bad experiences where you walk in and I'm already anxious and just wondering, you know, every time you go to the doctor, what's the report going to be? Right. And, and you are hypersensitive. You're watching his body language, his choice of words, his, you know, everything. You're just reading for some sign of something that they're afraid to tell you or don't want to tell you or trying to uh, to go easy with you on. And blood pressure's up and you're just hyped and some combination of our blend of faith, trusting God for your life, your future, your health, your body – in some fear that it's all going to end much sooner than you'd hope or want. So I'm in this waiting room, John, and there's, you know, it's a big horseshoe and there's probably, I don't know, 10, 12 people in there waiting. And, and um, you know, it's a city hospital and probably a fine city hospital for that matter. But, you know, it's, it's the industrial carpet, odd color chairs, weird painting, it's old and – Everybody in there is on this journey of cancer, and uh, most of the people in the room look like they were on the tail end of the journey. Mm. The room mm. is just filled with, you know, you go around the room and you couldn't help but think, uh, he's got one month. Yeah. Looks like she's got three. Yes. What does he have? Yeah. What, what is she? Oh, oh, my goodness. She looks like she's one yeah. foot yeah. out the and, door. 
And there's the little plaques with dreams and hopes and living life. If life rains, learn to dance in the rain. And then there's there's the looped video of some mountainscapes and beautiful scenery. And then there's these pictures that look like they've been on the wall for about 20 years that at one point spoke of inspiration, paintings of hummingbirds, but they're faded. Yeah. And everything's faded and yeah. worn. And I'm seeing that going... And so am I. Including the people. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh. And, John, there was such a spirit of death, of hopelessness. Mm. Just it was like um, being in a room full of jello, of some death, horrid jello. That mm. It was just so thick. There is no life. There's, you know, it's it, – Death wins in the end, and and you suffer till then. And oh, it just was it was horrible. Now I've gone other times and haven't felt that, but this time, it just oh, it was horrible. How did you get that off of you? Well, you know, I run a little late in discernment, and it wasn't until it was on me <laughs> that I realized it was even there. I just found myself in hopelessness, and then. You know, I, Christ, just like a snap, just wait a second. There is a gospel. There is life. This is not what is true. Mm. And I just started praying, just started praying the life of Christ over me, in me, through me, binding away in the presence of God and by his authority, just binding away death and hopelessness. And, you know, I'm, I go to give blood in a little room and I previously been in a nice private hospital where they draw your blood individually and privately. Well, I'm in a room with several other people and I'm sitting next to a guy with my ready for the lab tech to take my blood and he's he's telling the lab tech, yeah, Dr. So-and-so says I don't have long to go. And it was like, oh. just, and oh. just, no, that's not my story. There is a gospel resurrection. But it was one of those rare experiences where this just death and hopelessness bind it, stood against it, prayed the life of Christ, and that seemed to lift it. But when I was driving away later, it was like um, like you'd been mugged or something and you came out unscathed, but now you view the world um, – with a little different set of eyes that there's muggers, there's criminals out there. And it's like, whoa, this death thing. I wonder where it moves. Mm. I wonder where, mm. you know, it's out there. Right. It's in hospitals and right. clinics and in marriages. I, I was just aware of this looming mm. thing that moves around. Whoa, whoa, that's huge. What did you do to catch your heart? Yeah. Driving home that night, mm -hmm. today, I mean, mm -hmm. at what point were you, were you able to catch your heart? Yeah. Slowly, just I found myself yesterday and then today when I actually went in for my uh, appointment with the doctor, just in bringing the life of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the gospel over my heart, my mind, my mm -hmm. life, my body, over the little space I occupy in a waiting room or in a lab room and just praying and uh, thinking and setting my mind on what's true 
clinging to God. And it took quite a while to be honest with you. It's mm. like a, you know, a residual that just hangs on you. Yes. Kind of shakes you. Yeah. And uh, that's probably why part of the reasons I, I didn't sleep well last night. I'm awfully tired today. It's right. just right. fighting that. Yeah. And, you know, John, I just, uh, I looked at the, these people and uh, I just you know there was a part of me that just weeped because I was fighting it yes and I was aware of it I didn't want to accept it and I knew there was something else and whether they're Christians or not um, I just thought gosh what would it be like to live under this like so many people do and just accept some death thing over you and they would never describe it as a death thing. Right. It's just just uh, the sapping of hope, mm. of joy. It's a just a giving in mm. the inevitability of suffering and and there's just just an absence mm. of the reality and the hope of the gospel. Mm. Mm. Friends if you are new to Ransomed Heart, um, now I'm going to need to, we're going to need to do an intro to this. Um, so I'm going to record an intro art. You can edit what I just blurbed out. Um, this struggle of life and death is core to mm-hmm. Scripture. It's basic to the war of good and evil. I'm thinking of. You know, Joshua, I set before you life and death today. Mm-hmm. Choose life. Mm-hmm. Choose life. And and then Paul in Romans 6, uh, this was the verse I was holding on to at Easter this year where he says, Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too may live a new life. Mm-hmm. And that's not future. He's talking about now. Yeah. Um, and, and then in Romans 8, he says that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies mm-hmm. through his spirit mm-hmm. that dwells in you. Mm-hmm. And, and just presenting our bodies to God. Yes. Inviting his life to fill us. In fact, we actually have a prayer for that on our mm-hmm. website. Uh, if you've browsed the Ransom Tart website at all, there's a section called More. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as, as in, I want more. Uh, and on that, one of the offerings on that is prayers. And you'll find the daily prayer and others there. But a prayer for life yeah. is um, is on that section. and. It's what you are describing. It's it's praying against death, praying for life. Yeah, and and I think um, it just it seems like if you don't pray for life, and if you don't are vigilant in that fight, that that fog and cloud of death just it inevitably overtakes you. You have to fight for life. Mm. It doesn't come. Mm. Mm. It's worth it. Yeah. So, Craig, um, what did the doctor say? How's your blood work? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good, John. It's 
it was great news today. My numbers uh, have stabilized, and uh, in his words, I could um, live 25, 30 years and die of something entirely different, and and that's what I'm hoping and praying for. So I'm I'm asymptomatic, no symptoms. They got it very early. Um, it's you know I'm in stage zero right now, and I'm feeling good. For which we give thanks. Yes.